Hello everybody and welcome once again to the Brink Radio Podcast Show. Extraordinary Brinkalicious time for you as we move into episode one of our rebooted Brinkalicious podcast. Nearly at the one year anniversary since we first brought this back to your speakers. Only a couple of weeks away. We're in September now. So we will uh, reach that one year anniversary, one year Brinkiversary, which uh, obviously we're very, very excited about. We're very excited for another show for you today. A little bit shorter than our last few episodes, but still doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of great content to bring you today. Uh, And a big shout out, as always, to all of our listeners um, who have tuned in during the week, of course. Um, Looking here, the UK, uh, Austria, the USA, hello to all of you guys listening to us, and um, a lot of people listening from up north in Tasmania this week. A few uh, Launcestonites and Mowbrayites, so um, I'm not sure what's going on there. Obviously, Launceston's a pretty shit and boring place, so um, clearly you've got really less to do nowadays, uh, apparently. Um, just obviously ripping shit into a large portion of our audience this week, but hey, cool. Um, I'm kind of used to this week apparently saying stuff that uh, allows people not to want to talk to me. So uh, anyway, that's uh, another story. But uh, hello to everybody out there listening. Obviously, we don't really want anyone from Launceston on the show. So um, hopefully that uh, that road to Hobart is looking ever nicer as it often does. Another week where I have 15-year-olds in my house. Uh, well, first of all, play this introduction. What does Dakota say? Oh, it's what does Dakota say? Uh, hi, Dakota. Hey, how you doing? Um, pretty good. Three weeks in a row you're in my house. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Just to, for people at home, he actually hasn't left. He, he kind of, you know, yeah, showed up. Slept. I slept with the fox. Yeah, well, that's why we had that intro. Because, yeah. you know, we were talking about Aboriginals the other week, and it's kind of like, you know, who discovered what. And again, it's just kind of, you stuck it. Now I really do feel for the Aboriginals, because it's like, you won't leave me alone. This yeah. is my land. Yeah, exactly. Give me yeah. my land. Change yeah. the date. Now Say you sorry. Feel, don't you? I do. I'm an Aboriginal yeah. sympathizer right now. Not really. Uh, oh, yes. Now... Uh, <laughs> I want to get angry at one oh, point. okay. Not yet. We'll save oh. that to the end. Uh, I mm. wanted to talk about this the other week, but we got sidetracked. Uh, okay. I want to talk to you about Donald Trump because I know... Uh, we, what? Well, I want to literally... Like, we, we have What's a whole, wrong with you? We have a whole segment on this show with Paul. He comes on and okay. talks about Trump, like, yeah, actual would. things. Yeah. But, like, I want to know, what do you think of him? <sighs> I mean, this is a stupid question. I mean, it's kind of like asking, what do you think of Hitler? You know, I mean... <laughs> well, it's the same case as Hitler because I think... Hitler was a bit misunderstood, and I think Donald Trump's a bit misunderstood. Look, I look. This is the thing. I kind of agree with yeah. that because, like, the, my thing with Trump is that I've always said the guy was very intelligent in how he yeah. played the media and how he yeah. got elected. And yeah, I think he, he knows what he's doing. I think yeah. he got to the point where he didn't expect to get elected, yeah. and now he's kind of doing what he's doing. But yeah. one thing I have to say about Donald Trump: it's never a dull day with him. Yeah, and like. Like, are people complain about politicians being boring and giving the standard answer. Like, we're well, not even giving an answer. Like, if you said to me, Ben, what's your opinion on this computer? Yeah. Don't say that to me. Ben, what's your opinion on this computer? Look, Dakota, that is a very good question. The computer that is in front of me is, of course, sitting there. But I have to say, without the government's assistance with education, such as the computer such as this wouldn't be there. So I wouldn't be able to answer your question. And it's really important to note how well we are doing when it comes to that assistance uh, with education. I hate it. You know, putting $50 million in, like you know that. what I mean? Like, it's just, that's I a politician's answer. hate it. But that's what we get. Yeah. That's what you get. If that's, I ever become a politician, I'm not doing that. You'll say that I don't now. give a shit how much my advisors tell me not to you do it. You say I'm that now, but I no. guarantee you kind of, no. because everybody says that. But I'm Trump, this it. is the thing with Trump. Trump just goes to town. <laughs> yeah. And this is what's entertaining about watching him sometimes. And, 
it's kind of like you've actually got a human being. Uh, admittedly, sometimes a bit of a stupid human yeah. being in the White House. Yeah. Um, but the thing that the thing that amazes me is the 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 media skewiff towards him yeah. is always so negative. And yeah. like, I understand it when probably ninety percent of everything that he's done and said <laughs> yeah. is quite bad. But it's like I've always said: if Donald Trump right now. And I'm talking about him. And I'm not talking about, like, the Donald Trump way of, like, going, yes, I walked into a shop. It was a greatest shop. No one's ever walked into a shop as good as I have. Yeah. Everybody said so. It yeah. was there. The fake news didn't report it. Like, legitimately, if Donald Trump cured cancer, and I mean legitimately Donald Trump. Yeah. He's like, I cured cancer. No one's cured cancer. Anyone, like, blah, 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 blah. There would still be negativity yeah. around it. Like, it would be like, oh, Donald Trump could have cured cancer a year ago. The thing, the thing with Trump is... He's got the right ideas. He just doesn't know how to say them properly. He's not a natural politician. Like, with the whole fake news thing, he's right about that. They are like some of it. They are generally fake news and do kind of are paid to write certain articles and stuff like that. So he's right about that. And with some other stuff regarding like maybe North Korea and maybe maybe something in the Middle East, he's a bit right with. But he just doesn't know how to word it um, so that people won't get fucking annoyed at him it's i mean again there are always going to be people that annoy with him and it really is interesting to kind of be in this age when your friends on social media again lots of friends in america or even just twitter when you're following you know celebrities or this sort yeah. of stuff it's always just you know trump 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 you know he's an asshole yeah. he's an idiot blah 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 and it's like ah, uh, it's just it's so interesting to live in this day and age but at the end of the day until it's proven that Russia was involved or yeah. something else. Yeah. He was democratically yeah. elected. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's like, I understand that Hillary got more of the popular vote, but sadly, that's how their electoral college system yeah. works. You yeah. can't exactly. go against it. Because again, it, the flip side of this, if Hillary Clinton had won in the same manner, and Trump no doubt would have fought this and would have did everything he threatened to do, and people would have been going, oh, he won, de- uh, she won democratically, shut yeah. up, Trump. And it's like now people are like, oh no, he must have been colluded by the Russians. It's like at the end of yeah. the day, America, you voted for him in. Yeah. Like, people were warning yeah. you. You know, it's yeah. like when Tony Abbott got elected here. Yeah. People were warning us. Yeah. And look what happened. I think Tony Abbott was misunderstood as well. Well, you're a fucking dickhead because Tony Abbott was a fucking dickhead. Nah, he's all right. <laughs> he's not a bloke. He was just a bit nervous, Ben. Leave him alone. He was a bit nervous, Ben. He'd never been Prime Minister before. He'd been like in Parliament for nearly 20 no, years. He'd never been like, Prime Minister before. He'd been like a no, key he was minister. A bit nervous. You're a, a Tony Abbott sympathiser. I'm a little bit of a Tony Abbott sympathiser, to be honest. <laughs> sorry sorry to admit that. Um, but the thing that's going to well, be. Maybe I'm just a people sympathiser, I don't know. When, when, like in 30 years' time, when you're old and have kids, when you reach up to my yes. age. Um, you, you know, you're going to live in a day and age where people can be like, oh, God, Donald Trump was president once. Like, you're living through this right now. If, like, we're not all dead by then. Probably. I yeah. mean, you know, he's press, he's got the codes. I think <laughs> the thing with that, he's just a bit... He doesn't know what else to do. Well, he, he, do, really, I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he hasn't done it before. He's a businessman. He's, yeah. he's aggressive and he, he has outlandish ideas and he's a bit of a showman yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It's I mean, it's Donald Trump. Threats, that's what businessmen do. Well, exactly. But he just doesn't realise that the threats... Do now. you live in, in fear that you're going to wake up one morning and that there's going to be, like, smoke out the window because, like, North Korea and America bomb the shit out of each other? I, I should mention, just to kind of really yeah. ruin the illusion of this, uh, you're hearing this about three weeks after we've recorded this. So, like, if the world has gone to war since yeah. this has happened, you're thinking, oh, they're very casual about this. Yes. Um, <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah. Just to ruin the complete illusion yeah. of that. Good job. Maybe man. we should play this recording first. <laughs> <laughs> this won't ever make it to air if we're all <laughs> yeah. dead. Um, 
But look, I I I I don't believe it. I don't. We're, I've been. You don't think they'll be raw? No, I just don't think. Like, I mean, I think we're at a higher risk of it now with Trump in office. But the thing is, like, this has been going on for years. This was happening when Bush was in power. When Clinton, like, always threatening each other, like, "Oh, we're going to bomb you, America," and the U.S. president is generally like. Okay, Kim. <laughs> Whatever you say, Kim. Yeah. Whereas Trump's actually like, we'll bring fire and brimstone and hell to you. And they're like, oh, well, fuck, you want to go to you, bro? Yeah. Like, this is like you go to a pub yeah. and you've always got that one person who's there to just be a dick and get a fight. Yeah. And he's come up to you at the bar and he's like, the fuck you looking at, bro? What the yeah, fuck but- you want to go? And you're just going to go there. You just have a drink, you look at him and just turn your head. Now we've That's generally we've America. Kind of got- you are now the guy who is like, if I'm in your face. Fuck you, bro. Fuck you, bro. You're the guy who turns to that guy and goes, yeah, you want to go? I was looking at you funny. Like you're you're aggressing it. So there's more. I don't know what I'm saying. No, but now there's kind of like a <laughs> there's kind of like a whole Russia in China thing. There's always been a Russia in China. Thing. Like, They've always oh, been there. Yeah, but they're gonna, they're more there. <laughs> the thing than is, they were. If we go to if if it happens, right? Let's hypothetical. And again, if this has happened in the last three weeks, yeah. I've probably gotten this wrong. North Korea, all of a sudden, like we're going to bomb Guam. Yeah. And let's be honest, there are better places to bomb than probably. Guam. That's like, like Japan invading Australia and say we're going to invade if they Coles have, Bay. If they have a nuke that can actually reach the US, bomb the US. I, I think strategically, don't go out straight away with no, a you nuke. Do. Like, I mean, probably North Korea might. Maybe North Korea is a Tony Abbott of the world. Maybe Surely they're misunderstood. You'd literally <laughs> just hit the White House straight away. Then there'd be nothing to stop. Well, I think don't even think their bombs can barely reach LA. That's why yeah, they're threatening to bomb Guam. They could though. <laughs> Like, surely that's If what you're you do. threatening to bomb Guam, you've got bombs that can't reach the mainland. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's yeah. like Japan threatening to bomb <clears throat> Deloraine. <laughs> oh, our military base in Antarctica. Yeah, we'd bomb Canberra. Yeah, we'd bomb Sydney. But no, we're going to bomb Deloraine. Like, I mean, it's, it's like, seriously, if you bomb Guam, it's just going to like, oh, you bombed US territory. Shit got real. Yeah. But, like, no one's going to be sad that Guam got bombed. I mean, people will be. But people in Guam might be a bit upset. Yeah, but but <laughs> it's Guam. <laughs> Who's heard of Guam until about two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, that's, like, the case with Hawaii as well. Well, Hawaii's actually Still a harbor. state. Yeah. yeah but well, Guam's just, like, island. a territory that's there. Yeah, but... You know, it's the Norfolk Island of, of America. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Christmas Island of yeah. America. People know it's there, yeah. but they don't give a shit that if it gets bombed. Yeah. Hello to all our Guam listeners, by the way. But, uh, like, okay, they, they send some bombs, and yeah. they, even, they don't even want to bomb Guam itself. They want to, like, bomb around Guam. You know, it's like, I'm going to throw this rock at you, but I'm going to throw it at your feet first. So they don't, actually, they don't actually want to hit Guam. Well, the, the, the idea and all that. But anyway, so that would happen. And then Trump would probably send a bomb to, like, I don't know, land near Korea. Yeah. Oh, look what I did. I yeah. bombed your fish. Like, don't fucking do it again, right? But then, hypothetically, uh, it kind of goes back and forth. But, like, if, if they legitimately bomb the shit out of each other, I mean, I, I think, and you might know this more than I, I'm pretty sure China's on North Korea's side, are they not? Because they've got the border with them. Um, I think China's a bit kind of like, oh, we're on North Korea's side, but if you pay us... China's definitely not on Team USA. Yeah. And neither is Russia. Yeah. I, but this is the thing that gets a bit eerie with it, is that, is that I think North Korea <laughs> are probably expecting China and Russia to back them up. Yeah. America, like, you don't want to get into war with China. I think Russia will back them up. I don't know about China. But. Uh, this is where it's tricky because this is where the world would end. It's not necessarily from North Korea. Look, let's be honest. We don't know how many bombs North Korea have. Yeah. Again, they could just yeah. be, yeah, we've got nukes. Yeah, North Korea v. America. Yeah, cool. Done. But if America other countries wins. get involved. Like, yeah. if, if you've got China and Russia getting involved against America, yeah. and of course, we're Team America. Yeah. You know, fuck yeah. Um, Even though we shouldn't really be. Well, who should we? What should we be? Well, we 
surely we should be Team UK. I, well, I mean, the UK are Team America. We're all in, the, we're all yeah. in this together. This, well, yeah, one thing that amazes me about this whole situation, again, this to me just speaks volumes for 2017 opinions, is that when Malcolm Turnbull the other week came out and was like, yes, if uh, we go to war with North Korea, if America goes to war with North Korea, we're with them side by side. And everyone's like, oh, no, we shouldn't Malcolm, be. you're wrong. Oh, don't he do is. this. Don't do this. This is what a treaty and an alliance. No. Flip this around. Flip this around. Okay. If this is if Malcolm Turnbull is like Donald Trump and he's all like fuck you, Kim, fuck you, we're gonna fuck you, and North Korea are like fuck you, Australia, we're gonna bomb you, fuck you, fuck you, and that's literally how I think a war with Australia would work out. Fuck you, cunt. But like, and then America were like, no, we will not get into a war with North Korea. We won't stand with it. This is what friends and allies I'd do. I'd be okay with that. No. I'm for it's not their fight. We're, we're, we're an ally with America. If they yeah, need to go to war... wars continue. But if they, we would need them if it was the other way if around. If we just let North Korea and America fight it out, it's fine. We're all fucked no matter what. <laughs> I'd rather be on team good than team bad. <laughs> you want to be on team North Korea, do you? They think Have America good. bomb us. They think they're good. Of course they do. Hitler thought he was good. So are you on team good or team bad? I'm on team good of America. But you're, you're on team good because you think you're on I'm team I'm on good. team America. Yeah, but is that necessarily team good? I, uh, in our viewpoint, it is. Yeah, in our in viewpoint, ISIS, it is. ISIS, it's not. But I'm not an ISIS member. Are you an ISIS member? Not, I don't think so. <laughs> Are they not recruited? As far as I know, I'm not an ISIS man. I got the letter. I'm mulling it over. Uh, some of their benefits aren't that good. I mean, they kind of die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah kind of but the whole, the whole 80 virgins thing is tempting. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, I'd prefer maybe 90. I might negotiate a little bit with Allah. Uh, is that appropriate to say? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> any, any Muslims listening? Ben's views are not of my own. Any Muslims um, listening, uh, before you hit the button on the suicide vest, just... Um, <laughs> now, that was inappropriate. And what again, did I say the other week? That about, oh, not all Muslims are terrorists. Any of Ben's views are not of my own. <laughs> I saw the movie The Big Sick during the week, and it was okay. But there was the joke, uh, if you watch the trailer, you, there's a scene like with Ray Romano, because the guy's like a Pakistani-American, it's kind of, you know, cross-cultural things. So he's sitting at this table, and Ray Romano's like... So, I've been wanting to talk about 9-11, you know. And he's like, obviously implying, like, you're an Arab. Like, I've yeah. always wanted to talk to someone about 9-11. So, like, the the main guy, uh, Kamal, turns around and says, like, oh, you've never talked about 9-11? And he's like, oh, no, like, you know, with, with you know. And he's like, oh, with the Muslim. And he's like, yeah, well, what's your take? Are you, you know, are you pro or are you anti 9-11? And he's like, well, I, I would definitely say, you know, it was a very tragic day, you know. We lost 18 of our good men. <laughs> That was like the one moment I like laughed out loud, and he's like, "I'm joking." <laughs> anyway, nine eleven jokes, yeah. um, always good. Yeah. yeah. So Trump, uh, Trump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I was going. Yeah, we're with done. That. I was going to say though about America. You and I were talking about off air about coffee. Oh yes. Um, and everyone always says, like, "What's great about America?" You know, lots of things are great about America, but they're yeah, coffee but shit. Coffee's... You're a coffee connoisseur. You're a coffee connoisseur. I am a bit of a coffee connoisseur. You are. So. Uh, when it comes to like drip coffee, mm. you know, like in the drips down the spot, it's called <laughs> yes, drip coffee. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, are you pro or anti drip coffee? <laughs> um, I'm not really one to have um, black coffee, so right. You can You're a racist you, then. Uh, you're, white, you're a white supremacist in your coffee. <laughs> Black coffee lives matter, Dakota, all right? <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Anyway, America drinks a lot of drip coffee, so it's kind of shit. Yeah, it is it is a bit shit. It's not but they really, don't understand... It's not the proper way to get it out of the... Um well, it's, out it's, of the bean for proper taste. It's complicated when it comes to... You get up in the morning, right? I'm a lazy fuck. 
I get up in the morning, I press a button on my kettle, I put a teaspoon of sugar, a teaspoon of coffee, a bit of milk, pour the water, Bob's your uncle, I have a cup of coffee. That's good for you. That's I'm lazy. Because I need to do a proper, I make. Exactly. Coffee, yeah. But you would because yeah. you're a hipster douche. That's generally how it works. But in America, like you've got to get up, you've got to put the filter in, you've got yeah. to put the pot under the thing, you've got to yeah. press a button, you've got to it's wait for it to fucking heat up. It's, it's not like, it's, and yeah. this is the thing, whenever you go there, all Americans are like, oh yes, Ben, this is how you make coffee. And it's like, fucking just give me my coffee, I'm going to need it now. Yeah. This is taking too long. Yeah, no. And then it tastes like piss. Yeah. It's shit. It's not the proper way of getting I should be waiting out. 10 minutes for a coffee and it tastes good. Yeah. And then you show them a picture of a kettle. And you show them how it's done. Like, oh, no, that's not how it's done. That's not right. That can't be proper. It's like, you're not proper. You've it's got Trump as president. What they what, like, <laughs> like, Storm out. Go to Canada. What? It's done. The coffee's like, not that good there either. Sorry. It's yeah. just coffee grounds. And um, it's kind of just like, it's kind of like using coffee grounds. Yeah. Instead of instant coffee. Yeah. And it's just going to taste, it's always going to taste like shit. It's like that middle ground between instant and real coffee. Yeah. But they just, it, you think it might have elements of real coffee that are good. But it's not. And I'm not a coffee snob. To me, coffee's coffee. Yeah. Like, I've been with people and they're all like, oh, I'll never go back here again. The beans are burnt and it tastes like... And I'm just like, dude, it's fucking coffee. It's fine. But, like, the one time I'm like, coffee is shit is in America. Yeah, it's not... Like, I will never... I haven't tried it in America. When you catch planes in America, you get free food and drinks and shit. It's not like you because it's America. They're they're fat. (laughs) So, like... If I'm on an early morning flight, which is often the case, you would think automatically I'd want a coffee because you need coffee to live. I, I, I just don't get coffee even if it's free. I just can't do it. Do they not even like have a concept of milk? In they, well, they do in some places. Like Starbucks, you obviously can, yeah. and other places. But like for, for the most part, because it, it's creamer, it's not cough, it's not milk, it's creamer. You want creamer in your coffee? Creamer. It's it's literally like a cream. It's I don't think it's cream cream, but it's like a type of cream. And then if you go to like say uh, you know a McDonald's or whatever, or just a fast food chain, which I mean, there's twenty thousand of them in every single corner there. You don't, like, if you got your coffee, like, and it's, it's cheap, though. The one thing is it's cheap. I remember the morning I went to Disneyland, I needed a coffee, so I went to, like, Burger King, got a coffee that was, like, double the size of your bottle of water, and that's what, like, a 600ml bottle of water. It was, like, a dollar. So you're like, fuck yeah! But then I all of a sudden... It should be more expensive. But even then, you're like, would you like creamer or sweetener or milk? And they give you, like, powdered stuff. It's not even proper, and it doesn't cool it down. It doesn't make it whatever. It kind of tastes worse. Um... The, the travesty that they do in America, though, I'm not a flat it's white hypocrisy. drinker. Hypocrisy. 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 I'm not a flat white drinker. I like yeah. foam. I like a cup. I'm a cappuccino man. Uh, right? Cappuccino. Give man. me some foam. Cappuccino. Even latte with that tiny uh, little bit yeah, on I like top. I like That's my drink of choice. How would you describe a flat white? Flat white. No foam. None at all. It's literally just coffee. It is milk coffee, is yeah. it not? Milk and coffee. Not an ounce no of foam. foam. Thank you. Go to America. They've introduced the flat white at Starbucks, which mm. comes with about... A centimetre of foam on top. And I'm like, dude, you just made me a latte. That is not yeah, a flat that's, white. Yeah, that's a latte. Exactly. And look, again... And a very poor latte as well. My, my dad is a flat white man. My dad is, is you know, meat and three veg and he likes well, his flat we white. we invented the flat white. Exactly. It's yeah. an Australian drink. Yeah. It's very Australian. But like, my dad will... Like, we, we, you go to the cricket and there's like little coffee stand in the grandstand there. You know, you get to towards the end of the cricket, it's get a bit chilly in the in the Ricky Ponding stand. You want to warm up. You want your cookie. You want your coffee. Ask for a flat white, and even they put foam on it. You're in fucking Australia. There's no foam on a flat white. You know what makes me angry? Foam on a flat white. I think it's just the barista sometimes. Barista's a dickhead. Because they just don't, like, they obviously know that there's not meant to be foam on a flat white. And they're just being a dickhead. But they don't give a shit, because it's actually actually very difficult I know. I, 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 home, I worked like, at Starbucks. Yeah. I know how it was to, like, yeah. do that. My one time as a barista. I mean, you're more of an experienced barista than I am. Oh. 
Because, you know, that's the only work you ever get. But, yeah. like, it's... <laughs> the only work I ever really want, I think. But, yeah, anyway. Shall we get angry? Speaking of angry, shall I play this introduction? Sure. Ben and Dakota get angry. Ah! Oh, the glass hit me in the yeah, eye. It missed me. Doesn't work on weird person, does it? Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? Um, no, I think you're a bit angry. You know what makes me angry? What? Foam on a flat white. They're not on the flat white. Fuck you, dickheads. Fuck you. You know what makes me angry? What? No foam on a cappuccino. Yes! have foam. So just fucking give them That's what I order a cappuccino for. Yeah. It's like going to a brothel and not getting sex. You know what makes me angry? What? No latte art on a latte. Doesn't really bother me, but yeah, I can see why. Fucking it gives me the shits. What's your favourite latte art on a latte? Um, I like the little. I just like the hearts. It's oh, cute. It's yeah. cute. When, yeah. when a cute girl gives it to you. Yeah. You know what makes me angry? What? Cute girls not giving me art because they don't think I'm cute. But you're 15, so you're cuter than I am. So I don't know where that came from. That sounded a bit inappropriate. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You know what uh, makes me angry? Uh, what? Dakota not laughing at my jokes. That was kind of funny. <laughs> <sighs> this segment's going uh, well. Yep. Yep. Do you have anything else that makes you angry? No. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? When Dakota doesn't have anything to get angry about because this segment is just called Ben gets angry and then I'm just an old guy on the porch again. We had that segment on the high noon. What was it, Ben on you his porch? You know what did make me angry? Uh, yeah. You know what did make me angry yesterday? Really? My, I can tell you're extremely angry. My history tutorial uh, person. I hate them. Yeah. So, yeah. What she did. Microphone to the mouth. Usually what she did. That works. Was she, um, she got this dude. Oh. No, she didn't get this dude. She was asking us about, like, everything that's happening in the US at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, oh, all the putting down of the statues and shit like that. <laughs> um, like, oh, what's, what do you guys think about it? And I go like, oh, well, I think, like, no matter what the, the, your opinion is, there's always going to be conflict about something. That's just how the world works. And she's gone all like, oh, yeah, but rah, 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 rah. And I've gone like, right. And she's like, oh, yeah, but I don't, but I, like, but I'm not saying your opinion's, like, invalid or anything. And I'm like, I, I'm, I literally just said I don't have an opinion. And you've gone all like, you've tried to shut my opinion down when I don't even have an opinion. Like, it's, what are you doing? This is called Ben and Dakota get angry. Usually yeah. they're short-winded little rants. No! This went on for like this is a minute. big rant. You know what makes me angry? What? When you go on for ages about it, I'm like, get to the point. I'm not like, you're no, not even sounds- angry. You're speaking really calmly. You know what I mean? You're meant to be like, yeah, this woman went, rah, 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 and then fucking shit. This is obviously how I get angry now, just calmly. You know what makes me angry? What? Hipsters that don't get angry. They're just like, oh, dude, I'm not angry because my coffee. You know what makes me angry? What? You calling me a fucking hipster because I'm not a hipster. Well, you know what makes me angry? What? You spent like five years on this radio show calling yourself a hipster. I'm not a hipster. What are you then? I'm a Dakota. Good, good. Come yeah, back. Uh, <laughs> you know what makes me angry? No. That it's not raining anymore. I like the rain. The rain is good. Do you yeah. have a tin roof? Uh, well, it's, I don't think it's... Well, I can hear the rain. I like listening to the rain on a tin roof. So do I. It was thundered the other day, I believe. Did it? Yeah. I wasn't here for that. Weren't you? No. <laughs> you haven't left in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit awkward. Um, you know what makes me angry? What? I can't think of anything else to get angry about. I've usually got lots to get angry yeah, I'm, about. Yeah, I'm quite calm. Yeah, you know what makes me angry? Tinder. It's stupid. Don't go on it. I can't help it. I'm lonely and single. I've got no friend. Well, you don't want to go to Tinder for fucking... What's another app that I should use? No app. Go talk to people. I don't know how. <laughs> how do I talk it's to not people? not that difficult. I'm old. You used to be a fucking journalist. You should know how to talk to people. You mean used to? I still am. Well, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should know how to talk to fucking people. My degree doesn't like evaporate because I don't have. Well, a you job. should know how to talk to people. 
You know, what it's basically me, what it is. You know, what makes me scared. What <laughs> Dakota yelling at me at my house? Yes, it should. I think we should end this. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dakota. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. Fine. <laughs> and we mentioned last week that we're out of live performances to play for you, which is a bit sad. Obviously, we've uh, played through all our archives of live performances, and until we potentially get somebody else new and fresh to perform for us live on the show, we won't have anything for you. But still doesn't mean we didn't have some songs over the years that uh, us as a host did. And uh, we're warning you right now, we can't sing. Now, we're not talking forget the lyric style here. You'll hear that later on. This is actually us trying to sing-sing, and this doesn't generally go down that well. Back in 2009, Josh and myself thought, wouldn't it be fun to get together to sing a show, a song, a song, a song, a song, when New Zealanders apparently, about how good our show is and how much fun it is. So we got the uh, iconic anthem from the 80s, We Are The World, obviously saved uh, a lot of lives in Africa, lots of fundraising money for uh, sick children in Africa. And we, we took our own twist on it. We called it We Are The Brink, and we didn't save a cent for anybody in any part of the world except for ourselves and probably saved the world from a singing career from Josh and myself because this showed how badly we are when we sing and that it can't really be trusted. So here is Josh and myself, our, quote, charity single, Unquote. We are the brink from 2009. Sit back, relax, and wish you never heard this. There comes a time. When we need a certain show When Hobart must come together as one There are events missing It's time to get them here To make our city known We can go on Being left out day by day and hoping somehow it will all change We are all a part of Hobart's great big family And the truth, you know, the brink is all we need We are the brink We are Hobart we are the ones who get the events, so let's start trying. There's a chance to get noticed. We're saving our own city. It's true, we'll get the Olympics to hope. Send us your texts, so we know that you all care. And Hobart will be full of events for all As the mania has shown us By being one family So we all must join as one We are the brink We are Hobart we are the ones who get the events, so let's start trying. There's a chance to get noticed. 
We're saving our own city. It's true, we'll get the Olympics to Hobart. When you're down and forgotten and the city slows like a snail. But if you just believe, then there's no way we can fail. Oh, yes, 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 let us succeed to get those Olympic Games and see the magical flame. We are the brink. We are hobots. We're the ones who get the event, so let's start trying. There's a chance to get noticed. We're saving our own city. It's true, we'll get the Olympics too. Hobart. We are the brink. We are Hobart. We are the ones who get the event. So let's start trying. There's a chance to get noticed. We're saving our own city. It's true, we'll get the Olympics to Hobart. We are the brink. We are Hobart. We're the ones who get the event, so let's start trying. There's a chance to get noticed. We're saving our own city. It's true, we'll get the Olympics too, Hobart. We are the brink. We are Hobart. We are the ones who get the event, so let's start trying. There's a chance to get noticed. We're saving our own city. It's true, we'll get the Olympics to Hobart. We are the brink. We are Hobart. We're the ones who get the event, so let's start trying. There's a chance to get noticed. We're saving our own city. It's true, we'll get the Olympics too, Hobart. We are the brink. We are Hobart. We are the ones who get the event, so let's start trying. There's a chance to get noticed. We're saving our own city. It's true, we'll get the Olympics to Hobart. We had a bit of a break from this person last week, and uh, for some reason we thought, ah, well, we kind of have nothing else to talk about this week, so let's go across the Tasman and chat about sheep or something. I don't know. Uh, He's Nick Chester from New Zealand. Nick, welcome back to the brink. No, you missed me. You did miss me. I did. I did. I mean, let's be honest, the only reason why we didn't have you on the show last week is because you bastards thrashed the shit out of us in the rugby. Um, so we're like, well, fuck you, New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're not very good losers here in Australia because we're so used to beating you guys that the one time you actually can beat us in, you know, rugby, we generally sulk about it. So, uh, and let's be honest, like, you and I didn't watch it. We didn't. I mean, I saw bits of it. But I think, like, game one, when literally you guys were up, I think, like, 55 to 10, 
I mean, I was willing to call the New South Wales police and say that there's a rape going on at Stadium Australia, <laughs> but um, didn't know if that would have been appropriate. We got some points back and whatever, but then, of course, on the weekend, we apparently were winning all game in Dunedin, and then you guys, I think, scored a try in the last minute and beat us. So, I mean, it's just like, fuck you, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, we're good like that. We uh, we do tend to come, come back from the dead and, and kind of win these things. I did see something funny the other day. It was like the last time Australia has won the Bledders Like Cup was like 2002. Hmm. And so Facebook was invented in 20, 2004 and Twitter in 2006. So there's never, ever been a Facebook post or a tweet about Australia winning the Bledders Like Cup. <laughs> that that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see that one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I will say the one bit that I did watch in game one. Of course, you know what I'm going to watch. It's going to be the haka, and I watched the uh, the opening. Um, the whoever was singing the New Zealand national anthem there, they were brilliant. And I don't know if I'd ever heard um, the is it the Maori sort of version of your anthem? Like they start off with that. That I'm guessing it's the, the Maori language or whatever it is, and then they kind of go into the English part of God defend New Zealand. I, I sound very good singing that. But, I mean, whoever it was singing, they were brilliant. And the haka, again, just look, it just gives me goosebumps. I'm not even from your country. It's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those those kind of things that happens in rugby. And, I mean, if you're not a rugby fan or you've never seen it before, it's probably a bit, a bit weird. Like, if, I can't imagine the all-whites ever doing that before a football game. It, it, it's kind of <laughs> weird, but it, but it does. It totally fits. It's just like a rugby tradition, really. And, I mean, obviously, the league guys do it as well. And, you know, we're not the only country that does a hucker. I mean, obviously, the Pacific Island guys, they, they have, you know, like a war dance before their, their games as well. So it's not just about us, but ours is the most famous, of course, because we are the, the world champions. So, yeah. I've seen, I did see it in person. Uh, I think I've probably told this story to you before, but I, I, we had the, in 2001, when I was 14, I was a ball boy. We had the Junior Field Hockey World Cup here in Hobart, and um, the New Zealand team would do it before each match. And we became like, because we, as, as the ball boys, sort of, when we weren't doing our games, we were just like chilling the players' stand and just, you know, hanging around. We, you know, 14 year old kids were just doing what we can. And uh, I actually remember like hanging out with the New Zealand guys a lot. And because they had awesome jackets, they had these really amazing jackets. And uh, we all wanted one. And they were all like, oh, if you learn how to do the haka, we'll give you one of our jackets. Um, and I, I think we wanted to because we legitimately wanted it. But again, we're 14 year old kids. We have no attention span. So we're like, ah, oh, well, fuck it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see him do it in soccer. That would be fun. Like, I mean, it's all, you know, I'd, I'd say traditional, but the way you kind of have all, you know, lining up the national anthems and you know how a, a sort of an international match will work. But um, actually, that's one question I want to ask you. I know you've got something you want to tell me, and I, I haven't pulled this up. I'm going to, I can maybe look at statistics here. Um, I know here in Australia, we've got a big World Cup, two big World Cup qualifiers coming up. We've got Japan this week, and then we've got uh, Thailand next, because we're obviously in Asia. We left Oceania because we were sick of beating you guys. Um, so, like, they're very crucial games for us. Now, New Zealand clearly still in Oceania. You've now got the, uh, the, rub of the green in terms of beating Tahiti and French Polynesia and all these, you know, iconic nations of world football. How's your World Cup qualifying going? Have you already knocked out everyone in Oceania and you're just waiting to play like fifth place of, I don't know, who are you playing fifth place of this time around, do you know? Um, well, I, I'll have to look up who we're actually playing this week. Um, looks like it might be the Solomon Islands we're playing. Oh, tough one. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a big one. But I think we end up playing the, yeah, so fifth or sixth place and. I think it might even be the um, the South American group. So we're just going to get caned, whoever that is. Um, yeah, it, ch- it seems to change every time. So the year we got into the World Cup, um, so 2006, 2006, 2010, What sorry. year was that, Nick, sorry? 
2010. It was definitely 2010. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we got in because we beat the Asian... You know, we beat Bahrain. Yeah, we beat Bahrain. So they came from mm. Asia anyway. Um, and so last time we, we had to take on Mexico. And so that was just, mm-hmm. a, you know, we were never going to get through that one. Um, so, yeah, it, it just depends. We always get through, well, we normally always get through the World Cup qualifiers and, and then get knocked out in the kind of rapid charge round. So. You, you're basically doing what we had to do for a very long time. And that's why we gave up and said, oh, fuck it, we're joining Asia. Because, yeah. And I think it was, it was a brilliant decision because it, it made us play a lot better. Because, I mean, like, no disrespect to, and not, not necessarily you guys, I shouldn't just always put you in that category because New Zealand would occasionally beat Australia uh, I mean it's kind of you and I you were our teams really I mean we were getting no challenges no offence to Papua New Guinea and Solomon Islands they just they just couldn't compete with us so we were basically like fuck you we're going to Asia it's, it strengthened us as a team uh, you know, we obviously won the Asian Cup uh, th- two years ago. So, like, it, clearly it's made us a better football club. Um, but, for, like, for you guys, I think kind of you're in that position where, I mean, you were, you qualified, obviously, as you said, in 2010. Uh, it wasn't, I don't think, even a bigger gap between... Well, you, you qualified in the 80s, did you not? So, like, I mean, it was a 32-year gap between 74 and 2006 for us. But I think you were in the World Cup in the 80s and then 2010. So, I don't think it was quite a bigger gap as we had. But, I mean, yeah, I'm looking here. So, you, you have to play, yeah, South America fifth place and it's weird how they alternate it because that used to be our thing we struggled against like uruguay and uruguay and then we finally beat uruguay to get into the world cup in 2006 but like for the thing that's kind of into focus for us with that is because we're we're in third place at the moment in our group in the asian in the asian zone if we lose to japan this week we're basically not going to get an automatic qualifier spot we're going to have to go off into our own playoff which i think it's third in our group third in the other asian group and then the winner of that then goes on to play fifth or third or fourth of the, the, the North American one, which, again, it, it could have even been the US for a while there because they were struggling in their qualifying, but I think they picked it. So we we're probably going to play, like, Jamaica or Nicaragua or one of these ones. So a little bit easier for us there, you would say. But, yeah, so you, at the moment, are looking. You play the Solomon Islands this week, and uh, it looks as though then you would play fifth place in the Conima Bowl. I can never say that. Um, qualifying, which I've, I look at the ladder right now, Nick, it's Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, that'd be pretty awesome if we ended up having, um, you know, Messi come and, and, and play in, in Auckland. That would be pretty cool. Was he not retired uh, from internationals, though? Uh, Did he not retire yeah, from internationals? I don't know. I don't know. You're probably right. That's that's unfortunate. Um, but even so, there's still some good Argies. I mean, obviously, they were uh, were runners-up last year. and um, They were. As, as Kevin Keegan would, would once have said, you know, that uh, – they're the, the second best team in the world, and you can't get any higher praise than that. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at here, there's still a few more match days to go. Their, their qualifying doesn't end until October, so you won't really know. But, I mean, at the moment, Argentina fifth. They are only a point off fourth. Actually, they're, a, they're two points off Colombia in second. So, kind of from second down to sixth, there is only four points separating Colombia down to Ecuador. Brazil already qualified. <laughs> Just, like, shattered in. But, uh, so yeah, you've got Colombia, Uruguay, Chile, Argentina, and Ecuador all separated by only four points. Uh, so, yeah, no pressure there, Nick, if you have to face Argentina. <laughs> but I would love it. Look, as much as I give you guys shit, I'm not a huge fan of Argentina on the international soccer side, so I would gladly root for New Zealand to beat Argentina. But, oh, uh, we'd anyway. be, be the, the ultimate underdogs, I suppose. Yes, I reckon. Anyway, enough of that with sport. Good luck to New Zealand against Solomon Islands. Good luck to the Socceroos. Obviously, by the time you hear this episode, you'd know if we've lost to Japan or not. And we would have known, obviously, if you guys lost to... We'll talk about that next week. But you've got something to talk to me about, I believe, Nick. Yeah, well, I've got a bit of a surprise for you. You may have heard about this, but if not, I, I, I think it's going to give you a good laugh. So, 
Um, we have, um, you know, as I'm sure most countries do, we have, you know, these national awards and you kind of nominate people in it. So, so the New Zealander of the year. And so um, the the, the um, nominations have just closed for that. And so you can nominate anybody and then, you know, they get shortlisted and all that kind of thing. So anyway, I'm just going to read the first few sentences of this news report because I think it's quite interesting. So basically, uh, stop me if you've heard it, but uh, it, it's quite interesting. So uh, former Green Party co-leader Matiria Tude has received the most nominations for the 2018 New Zealand of the Year Award so far. Support has increased for her after her resignation following her admission she lied to work and income to receive a higher benefit. Um, the nominee that had the second highest number of nominations is the Australian Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby <laughs> Joyce, although his eligibility <laughs> to win it won't be assessed until nominations have closed. <laughs> so, so I, no, I haven't heard that before. That's hilarious. <laughs> he's, number, he's number two on our New Zealander of the Year Awards. <laughs> I mean, this has got to be a piss take, right? Barnaby Joyce shouldn't get nominated for anything of the year except if it was like dickhead of the year or something like that. But um... if there's one thing that that Kiwis and and Aussies can agree on is that we both enjoy a good piss take. And so it looks like like we've we've joined forces here to um, get a whole bunch of nominations and just to take the piss out of these awards and the piss out of Barnaby Joyce. So everybody's a winner out of this. That is hilarious! Wow. So, that, and they they're legitimately looking into the eligibility of this, are they? Or <laughs> so basically, you can nominate anybody who's a New Zealand citizen. So, you know, that's the whole joke, I guess, is that you know he's a New Zealand citizen. I've just I've just googled. Yeah, you know, I mean, I did make the news here last week. I just uh, I I didn't see it because it's a, it's on our, you know the lovablenews.com.au. Um, wow, that's that's crazy. So I mean, we have Australian of the Year, uh, of course. Uh, I mean, is, so is yours like announced on um, your national day? Is that generally how it works? Or? No, it's not actually because our national day is in February. So yeah, oh, it might be. I, I don't think so. If it's for 2018, maybe it is. But um, yeah, I, 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 it's not something that's a, a huge deal made out of. You know, kind of like um, you, you know, it's announced and there's you know news stories and, and that's about it. So yeah, yeah. It's not something that's a big deal, but obviously this year it's because of the Barnaby Joyce thing. It's it's gotten a bit of news coverage, so that's pretty funny. Well, just looking here because I mean, ours is on Australia in January twenty six, but uh, so yours is um I don't know if it says it, but like so this is is this only a recent thing? Twenty ten winner Ray Avery was your New Zealand of the year. Yep. Um, so Paul Callaghan in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. So Richard Taylor, and then you have Dame Anne Salmon Salmon Salmond. Um, these are all people I've never... So, I mean, you, you seem... Oh, Richie McCaw got New Zealander of the Year. I was about to say, you seem to be more on the case of um, actually doing people of, like, doctors or importance, you know, like, our Australian of the Year for a very long time was just like, oh, who was the most successful athlete in the last year? You know what yep. I mean? So, like, I mean, they've recently they've kind of steered away from that, and generally every year the Australian of the Year is somebody no one's ever heard of. Like, oh, this doctor, like, invented something to do with this. Oh, great, they're cool. Very worthy, of course, of it. Um, here's a random stat for you, Nick, to completely toot my own horn. Did you know that I was a finalist in the Australian of the Year one year, and I'm not even making that up? Oh, really? In what category? Just stand just uh, the, straight out Australia of the Year, or was there, like, a, another? There should have not been nominated category uh no i was in the uh, it was the young australian of the year uh, i think it was 2010 and i i was one of the four finalists for tasmania and had i won that category i would have then gone on to represent the state in the finals in canberra and stood next to the prime minister and waited to hear my name not called out but um obviously i didn't win but i was uh in the final four of the young tasmanian of the year i guess so then you would say the the final 24 of um, well, thirty-two, I guess, if you include NT and ACT, of uh, Young Australians of the Year, and I never forget they released a a media release that kind of went out announcing the um 
the the like the the finalists and they did this like very important one they're like oh some of the finalists this year include and they like included like all these very big name australian people like huge name australians and for some reason i was on this list it was like oh and you know steve war and ian thorpe and you know legendary this and uh, uh tasmanian community minded thinker ben waterworth i'm like why am i on this list like on the same category as all these big name people um but uh, yeah i didn't win but I just wanted to toot my own horn there for three seconds. So, <laughs> well, way, way to go, you! Nobody's ever going to yeah. um, um, nominate me for something like that. That's for sure. I'll nominate you, Nick. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Barnaby Joyce is still going to beat me, though. Well, I mean, I think people like you better than Barnaby Joyce. I mean, both our listeners do here. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't see why that would be a yeah. We we need to keep an eye on this. Um, you know, <laughs> the thing is, you can see what's going to happen here. They'll probably do this high court thing here and they'll find out, oh, no, Barnaby's eligible. He can still be a politician here. And then he'll go on and win New Zealander of the Year. And then they'll be like, holy shit, we're going to redo this again. Um, yeah, well, that's fascinating. Go Barnaby uh, for for that uh, that esteemed position. And also, yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued next week to be able to talk to you, Nick, about uh, these soccer qualifiers. Go New Zealand against the might of Solomon Islands. Can you name any uh, great Solomon Islands uh, soccer players for us at all today? I, I can barely name any good New Zealand players. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, l- let's not get carried away. Just quickly having a brief look here at the current squad of Solomon Islands. Uh, my personal favourite is Atkin Kiwo, um, 21-year-old uh, gun midfielder there. Uh, but just looking at their squad, every single one of them plays for obviously a club in the Solomon Islands, except for Mikalia Alafa, who actually plays for Auckland City. So uh, you've got one player for Solomon Islands who does play in New Zealand. So oh, good, good. I'm pleased to, go. pleased to hear it. There you go. All right, that's uh, that's enough for this week, Nick. Pleasure to have you back, and we will speak to you next week on the brink. See you then. Time to play a button and go into this. Back. I don't know about playing a button, but I think you know what I mean. Now, uh, we're continuing on our look back on the year that was 2008, of course, here in the brink. And uh, two snippets here for you. We obviously have our famous five questions that we would ask all our guests on the show. Our first one that you're going to hear is uh, from then MP Graham Sturgis. So you might have already heard on this show, he did a Forget the Lyrics, uh, which we played a few weeks for you uh, a while back, actually. There, But uh, let's hear uh, his response to those five questions that we had back on the show in 2008. Well, we're going to ask you these five questions now. We've asked so many people these questions. I could name the celebrities of answered these, but then they'll probably put more, question, more pressure on you. So if you want to take a deep breath, prepare yourself for these and hopefully not let any of that lamb out. <laughs> Are you right that you need some Can lamb I stop taking the deep breath? <laughs> well, if you want to stop breathing, that's fine. It's your prerogative. Okay, then. <laughs> Question number one. What is your favourite type of cheese? Cheddar. Cheddar. Good. That was Craft our che- cheddar. That was our cheese of the week yesterday. Absolutely. So very good timing for that one. Number two. Are you a folder or a scruncher? We ask the tough questions on the brink. <laughs> Folder. Folder. Good boy. At least twice. Good boy. Good boy. See, my parents always raised me to tell them, they told me you have to fold, you can't scrunch. There we go. I don't get that. It's only a bit of paper for cleaning something. You don't want to mess yourself. Mate, I'm army trained. Army trained. Exactly, Josh. Exactly. Listen to the army man. Question number three. Who's better looking, Josh or me? Oh, line ball. No, that's the question. There's no line balls in this one. Come on. Well, you know, uh, you've got a head on you like a Scandinavian racing scallop, and this one's, you know, Rhodesian 
I like that. Scandinavian. Rhodesian racing chook. Scandinavian. Rhodesian racing rooster. I, uh, I'll give it lion ball. Oh, all right, all right. We'll give you that one. Are we alone in this universe? Where are we now, man? We're in, this, you know, in the you know, universe. Which universe? <laughs> what have you been taking before hey, this show? <laughs> spicy lamb last night, mate. <laughs> well, I didn't know that had that much of an effect on you. Uh, no. No. Good, good answer. And number five, what event would you like to see at the Hobart 2020 Olympics? Now, remember, this doesn't have to be your tennis, your football, anything, you know. We've had Poop Lotto, as I mentioned. John Remus mentioned playing golf off the top of planes. Uh, Paul O'Brien from Home and Away mentioned golf driving range, taking pot shots at cars of neighbours. You could do something similar, taking pot shots at the Liberal Party. I mean, it's up to you. Anything, any sport in the world. Okay, okay. Frog racing? Frog racing. There we go. That's interesting. I could imagine the frog race, and they could go right next to the poop lotto, and that way we could have sort of an animal Olympics sort of, but we would win gold because we're Australians and we thought of it. No, no, no. Oh. Frog racing over at Elwick, mate. Oh, over at Elwick. They've got to do the full lap. Come oh, on. Wow, that Come would on. be... Yeah. I've, I've seen frog racing done. Yeah. I, I did it myself. Did well, you I, do it I, over I, the course I, of Elwick? No, I did it in Fiji. Oh, in Fiji. Oh, well, then that's just good, isn't it? I Look know. You, Josh. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> I'm sure he's done it other places, but, you know, where are we going to have the frog racing? We could train the frogs up so fast that we could put pit a frog against a horse. Put them on steroids? Yeah, and get the frog yeah. to win. We could do that. Get thought Feed them chocolate. I reckon Cadbury chocolate. Yeah, and sponsor right there. Snickers bars. Over the river. It works perfectly. The crunchy bars. I believe they're like the crunchy ones. They work really well. Oh, well, yeah. Now, Graham wasn't the only one we put the five questions to in 2008. Another person we put the five questions to that year was the one, the only Mr. Joshua Shoebridge, who, of course, uh, was our co-host at the time. But uh, we put him to him. I think it was one of the very first shows he returned to the program. So let's hear his responses to the five questions. Now, Josh. Yes. Questions. You ready? You got your seatbelt on? You excited? I'm excited. Let's get on with the five questions. First question, what is your favourite type of cheese? Brie. Brie? Brie. Type of cheese. Always good cheese to go along yes. with um, crackers and biscuits and stuff like that. If you're wondering really? why we have that, we do have a segment called Cheese of the Week, which is now moved to Thursday, so <laughs> oh, that's okay. why. Uh, question number two, are you a folder or a scruncher? I'm a scruncher. You're a scruncher. What's with the scrunching? You know, I, 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 I was, as I've always mentioned on the show, I've always been raised to be a folder. I don't know why. My parents taught me as a young age, and yet every time I say like, "Oh, I fold," look at why do you fold? You just wiping your bum. You don't, why do you just sit there and fold the toilet paper? Just screw. I don't know. I just don't get scrunches. That was one of the most random questions I've ever been asked, man. Yeah. Actually, this question we're actually going to have to change completely now that certain a word doesn't work on the show. Um, the question was originally, "Who's better looking, me or Anthony?" It seems as if we will obviously ask this to the, our guest. It will be, "Who's better looking, me or Josh?" But it seems as Anthony, or, so the a word or you can't exactly, you know, so who's better looking, Ben or Ben? <laughs> I'm off to go with the second one. Ben, yeah, fair choice, fair enough. <laughs> uh, question number four, are we alone in this universe? Uh, no. No? Okay. And question number five, what event would you like to see at the Hobart 2020 Olympics? Now, this does not have to be, you know, your average run-of-the-mill sport. We've had things like poop lotto. Um, we've had tiddlywinks. Uh, John Remus suggested playing golf off the top of airplanes. Um, and and uh, Paul O'Brien from Home and Away also suggested that we play, have a golf driving range where we take pot shots at the cast of neighbours. So, I mean, it's up to you. Anything you like, what do you want? The Hobart 2020. I want to see the uh, cast of Home and Away and the cast of Neighbours do a gladiator match against each other. Gladiators is coming back, Josh. That is a brilliant idea. They should have celebrity gladiators. 
not, awesome. None of that 1990s TV oh, show. No, I'm, as, in, I'm, as in, like, Russell Crowe. Yes, like Maximus. Maximus. Oh, yes. that's awesome. So you'd have, like, you know, um, Sally, Kate, Richie, who's leaving the show, doesn't matter, up against, um, I don't know any of her names, I don't watch that crap, um, Toadie, he's a yes. Getting up there with the, you know, your knives and forks. Stars. <laughs> forks. With tigers in the back. And then Tony gets ripped to And then they, they lead a revolution against Sydney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Sally, Kate Ritchie, has a lot of rage in her. You know, she's always been played this, she you does. know, placid character. Well, not really placid. She has her anger moments. It's always the quiet ones. I, yeah. I think when she, her final episode, they're going to write her out, she has a mass murder in Summer Bay. You know, uh, g'day, Sally, it's Alf here. Bang! <laughs> Flaming it, Sally. You know, I, yeah, I, I, bloody shit. Uh, <laughs> I have too much time on my hands to think about this sort of stuff. There's a reason why we moved away from them, I think, even though they're pretty awesome. But uh, you might hear uh, some more of those five questions in just a few moments. <laughs> I mentioned that you might hear some five questions in just a few moments, at moments right now. We're going to bring you a classic interview. We haven't done this in a few weeks. And uh, this week's classic interview, we're going back to the year that was... 2010, and we're speaking with the then Foreign Minister of Australia, but of course, former Prime Minister of Australia, and he would go on to be Prime Minister again after this interview, well, not for a few years, and not because of the interview, uh, Kevin Rudd, of course. So, uh, we managed to get him on the show. Now, this wasn't too long after we'd had the then Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, on the show. So this was a pretty uh, busy few weeks for us in terms of the big names that we got on the program. So thought we'd play this one for you. It's our 2010 interview with then Foreign Minister of Australia and also former Prime Minister of Australia, Mr Kevin Rudd. Kevin Rudd served as the 26th Prime Minister of Australia between 2007 and 2010, before being overturned by Julia Gillard in July last year. After a few months in the backbenches, Kevin soon returned full force to the ministry as Australia's current Foreign Minister. And after another gruelling operation campaign to land a big guest, we proudly succeeded again. And during the week, I spoke to Kevin about everything from his upcoming heart surgery to having a day named in his honour. Kevin, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks for being on the program, Ben, and hi to everyone in Hobart. First of all, I would like to thank you for joining us on, of all days, International Kevin Rudd Day. Now, how does it feel to have an international day named in your honour? Uh, it feels like the good folk at Edge Radio just made it up. That's what it feels <laughs> like. I'm, I'm looking at my UN calendar of events, and I don't see anything called International Kevin Rudd Day. But look, uh, when you um, when you've been in politics for a while and people decide to do something nice for you, you simply smile and say yes. We we try to contact the UN actually and try and put it on the agenda, but unfortunately they didn't return our calls. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just shows that the UN has some taste. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, for our listeners out there, though, Kevin, how would you recommend they celebrate International Kevin Rudd Day? <laughs> um, well, I could start with a cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, my favourite recommended biscuits and ice vovo. Do you have ice vovos down in Tassie? We do. I don't think we're that backwards, Kevin. No, no. no. I just, <laughs> the tastes the tastes vary across the country. Yeah. I'm a Queensland lad, and as a kid growing up, Mum would always serve for special guests um, a decent cup of tea and the best china we had with a, with a plate full of ice vovos. But um, I think the other thing that uh, folk could help me with is this tea blend competition. I'm now working. Uh, hard on as a competitor with twinings and uh, basically we all had to blend our own uh, teas in this competition so they've got me up against i think it's um alan jones and uh, Kerry ann Cannelly and a few bunch of other folk but the wow. key thing is if you win then you get to nominate 10 cents a tin to go to your charity of choice and i'm nominating uh the rspca Fantastic. and um, so my big appeal to all your listeners is there's only one or two days friday and saturday 
left to vote. Voting finishes at 5pm Saturday. You go online to www.twiningsosblend.com.au and there you get to vote. And we'll, and if, we'll put that on our, uh, our website and our Facebook page and for our listeners hearing this now. And, uh, yeah, we definitely urge everybody to, to get involved and go on there and vote for it. I've done a special promotional video with my cat and dog as well, and uh, which uh, you can find on, I think it's on my YouTube site. Um, I'm sure our um, listeners would be dying to see that. It's on www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash RSPCA Australia. There you go. We'll find that out there and put it on our Facebook and website. Now, uh, Kevin, of course, I think it's a perfect time that we have also come to talk to you because uh, you're just about to go under the knife for what you've called a grease and oil change over the weekend to replace your aortic valve. Now, uh, for our worried listeners out there, is everything all right, Kevin? No, it's all fine. I've had this done before. What happened was, uh, as a kid, I had this thing called rheumatic fever. And uh, if you have rheumatic fever, it usually, not always damages one or other of the valves of your heart and so uh, in my case it was the aortic valve they picked this up when I was about hmm, 10 or 11 years old um, then they monitored it for the next 25 years or so I uh, had it replaced in my mid-30s um, and I was told then that ultimately this one would wear out uh, guess what it has and therefore it's time to have the grease and oil uh, and have a new one put in mm-hmm. so I've been there before it just knocks you out for a while uh, while you recover from the surgery. And our campaign to get you on this program was actually called Operation Kevin, so I think that also has come at a very good time as well. Well, yeah, you're just quite prophetic about yeah. these things. Yeah, we know so, we um, know a lot here on Edge. <laughs> What's well, an edgy sort of station. So. Yeah, well, very true. But, um, but no, I've got stacks of well wishes from across the country, so thank you very much to any of your listeners who've borne me in mind. But uh, the docs say I'll be out of action for around about eight weeks. And how are you going to cope over those eight weeks? You're a self-confessed workaholic. I mean, what are you going to do over that time? I think I'll teach myself a new foreign language or something. Yeah. You know, work on the French, um, uh, read some long, trashy novels. Um, yeah, but I mean, having been through this once before, you, f- you feel pretty average for the first few weeks just getting over the um, getting over surgery, but then you start coming good. And that's usually when you go start raving mad <laughs> because uh, the doctors are saying, no, you can't go back to work yet. And you're saying, I'm feeling fine. And they say, no, you can't go back to work yet. And that's when you've got to come up with creative things to do. Make sure the iPod is filled with some of your favourite tracks and to keep you occupied. Yeah, yeah, iPod and all the rest of it. Yeah. Now, recently you were in Hobart the other week to give a lecture here at the University of Tasmania, and uh, you've also just given one in Adelaide, where you've been given massive reception, Kevin. The, the audiences absolutely love you. Is this sometimes a bit of a shock to you, and do you wish that other politicians maybe, in, or politicians in general, were just treated like this on a normal occasion? Um, well, I'm not sure that they're not. Um, but the, um, the people are always very kind to me wherever I go in the country, and um, very welcoming. The, all the folk who rolled up to the lecture... Uh, at um, the Jim Plimsoll Lecture at the University of Tasmania a couple of weeks ago. Now, they were very kind, very positive, very enthusiastic as I tried to outline what we're trying to do in the world. Yeah, and the receptions I've got around the country have been pretty good as well. But um, the job in public life is to get out there and try and do things which matter, try and do things which make a difference for folk both within Australia and around the world. And I think if if you try to be fair dinkum about that, and people genuinely respect it. So I've been very grateful for the positive response I've got around uh, around the country, apart from my appalling dress sense. <laughs> oh, now, come on now. I think you look very sharp most of the time, Kevin. Yeah, well, that's all down to my wife, Therese. But if I am on the road for several days 
uh, basically the dag factor sets, sets in and, you know, it's just anything could happen. You just sort of maybe one time walk out in your track pants if Therese hasn't given you any sort of good advice for the day. Is that, is that the uh, the risk there, that if she's not in the year giving you some helpful advice? My question to you is what's wrong with tra- tracky dags? Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with tracky dags, but I'm not sure if you're in a meeting, say, with Hillary Clinton about some formal international matter, she might not appreciate that. Well, no, she's a uh, very elegant, stylish um, lady and um, super intelligent. Um, but if you're into content and um, and not just um, um, the clothes you wear, then I think uh, she'd tolerate tracky dacks on, on, on me as as, uh, as much as anyone else. We have to see you test that out maybe next time, Kevin. Now, look, we're nearly getting to the end of this interview and we do always like to wrap up with a set of five questions we ask all our guests. But before we get to those five questions, when we had the Prime Minister on a couple of weeks, she happily recommended to our listeners the role of Prime Minister for a job growing up. Now, if any of our listeners find themselves lucky enough to be an elected MP in a sitting government, would you recommend the role of Foreign Minister to them, perhaps more so than Prime Minister? Hmm... Let me see. Very tricky question. Very, very tricky question. I think what I'd say to um, um, your listeners responding to that question, if they're going to pursue a career in public life, no, aim for the top, aim to be Prime Minister. There you go. Always, always good to aim for the top, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Can't go wrong. You aim for the moon, you ain't going to hit the stars anyway. But look, we'll wrap it up with the five questions we like to ask. That wasn't one of the questions. No, I'm sorry. It definitely wasn't one of these. These are probably the hardest questions you'll ever get asked in your entire political career. Are you scared now? I'm very. Dif- I'm, I'm quite petrified, actually. The yeah. answer to all of the questions before hearing them is, I didn't do it and I don't know. All right, then. Maybe maybe the doctors are probably there in the background uh, saying <laughs> you shouldn't answer these to, to produce undue stress. Far away. All right, question number one. What is your favourite type of cheese, Kevin? Uh, I'm very much a, um, a King Island cheese man. Oh, good Tasmanian cheese. I like mm. to hear that. No, that's true. There's a, there's a King Island brie, which I think is terrific. Oh, good. Absolutely delicious cheese. I love some of the King Island products. King Island cream is... Is always in my fridge. I tell you that now. Question number two, Kevin Rudd, are you a folder or a scruncher? I fold when I pack. I scrunch when the clothes have been used. But nothing I'm, to do I'm with both. toilet paper. No, I'm talking about packing, packing <laughs> clothes in a suitcase. What were you talking about? Oh, toilet paper, of course. What else would I be talking about? It's a family program. Move on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Question number three, growing up, uh, who was the childhood crush? Who were the posters on Kevin Rudd's wall? Ah, hmm. That is a very, very good question. We're talking about, like, a long time ago here. Well, you know, I'm not saying you're that old, Kevin. I mean, what was that, 10 years ago when you were younger? 15, yeah. 15, 15, yeah. Yeah, I think um, uh, I probably probably would have gone for Little Patty. Little Patty? Wow. She would be absolutely honoured with that, I think, wouldn't she? I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She could, um, you know, return the favour and put some posters of you on her wall. Well, that's um, depending on her level of desperation. Mm. That's right. <laughs> and still on growing up too, what was the dream job in Kevin Rudd's life? The dream job in Kevin Rudd's life? I think what I thought of uh, first to do was to go off and be an architect. Right. And um, to go and design buildings and all that sort of stuff. Well, in a way, you designed the, uh, the building of the future for Australia, so that kind of worked? Well, there's uh, physical buildings, but which you've got to plan ahead for and how they're going to be used. But then when you try and do policy... Design for the future of the country. You've got to think ahead as well. So yeah, but I still like um, I still like um, studying buildings. And in Hobart, you have the best set of 
the best set of period buildings of every of any state capital in Australia. You certainly do. Well, there's something you could do in the hospital bed for those eight weeks. You can draw some buildings. I could. I could. I'll work on that. I'll you work can on draw me a new house, Kevin. Send it tell down me, to me. Tell me to work on the redesigned Constitution dock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can help design the cable car for the mountain. You can help design the main stadium for the Hobart Olympic bid. How does that sound? Yes, next question. <laughs> Final question, Kevin Rudd. When it comes to lollies, do you like to suck on them for a while and savour the flavour, or do you just like to go straight in and chew them? I'm a notorious chewer. I have no patience for the old, um, you know, suck it and see approach. You put something which is sweet in my mouth and the old teeth are grinding away pretty quickly. <laughs> well, there you go. Kevin Rudd, it has been an absolute honour to have you on the program this morning here on the Brink and Edge Radio on International Kevin Rudd Day. May the operation be a great success and we hope to see you out there in the in the political world in the not-too-distant future. I'll be back. I'll be firing on all cylinders, as the, um, as the doctors say, and they said last time and they were right. It gives you a whole new lease on life, so... Um, I'll be fired up with new energy levels soon. So everyone should watch out. It is time to press this button and get excited. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Oh, it is... Forget the lyrics. I'm obviously sad that we can't bring you new ones. We've brought you some new ones in the last few weeks. Back into going into the archives. And uh, we often do the solo, uh, the duets, I should say. Uh, I'm about to kind of describe why. Clearly, I'm not talking well this week. Uh, we often do the duets. But uh, this week, we're going to play a solo. One of mine. Yay, I'm sure. I uh, just need a little bit more of an outlet to talk about myself. Uh, this is one I did in our last year on air, 2015, Bat Out of Hell. It's an interesting one. Let's listen to this. He's sexy and his body is sexy and he's a sexy man. He leads a country that has no others that are bigger than it. He's an evil man, some people say, but I think he's just misunderstood. He drinks lots of coke and whiskey and beer and he likes to go to the sports and watch everything on TV. Tony Abbott reckoned he would shut front him at that thing last year. He never did. It was a Canadian Prime Minister. Stephen Harper tried it instead. But never is anyone gonna do that to a man called Vladimir Putin. And when he comes to your house at night with a packet of chips, you're gonna want to eat it with him. Like a man with an iron fist, he's gonna rule Russia. He's got a bald head and lots of muscles, and he'll fish all day with you. He's Vladimir Putin, and he's really, really tough. And if you don't like him, then you can go and find yourself getting stuff, stuff, stuff. Because he's Vladimir Putin and he likes to lead that country of Russia. He's gonna go up to Barack Obama and say, What's up, man? How are you? Obama will say, I'm good. Vladimir will say, He is good. And they will smile. 
Then they'll go and watch a movie called The Interview. But not with Kim, but not with Kim Jong-un because he has banned it from the world. He's a nice man, I went out to dinner with him. He likes to watch Home and Away. His favourite character is Al. Because you know that they are both not gay. And if you... <laughs> nah. Oh, I was so good with that! What happened? That's the reason why I don't play the solo ones from myself, I feel. That's why we stick to the duets. But uh, there you go. You've heard it. you got to live with it now. <laughs> Time to close things out here for another episode of The Brinker Course. We'll be back next week for episode 42 of our Brinkalicious podcast. If you wish to get in contact with us or say anything to us, no doubt complain and possibly uh, refuse to appear on our show, uh, just head to Facebook and uh, search for The Brink on there and you can find us and chat with us. Twitter as well, Brink Radio Show. And, uh, yeah, we're available on those channels. Like, subscribe, and comment on everything when it comes to uh, online with iTunes. And also, we put these up on YouTube for you as well. So, uh, we always appreciate any sort of feedback. And uh, we hope to have some more of our regular segments on next week. Obviously, we only had Nick and Dakota on this week, but we hopefully will have a few more for you next week. So, stay tuned for that. We also uh, also like to close out these shows recently, of course, with some In The Mixes. That is, of course, best moments from our show of a specific year to music. This week we're up to 2013, so let's sit back and close this out with 2013 in the mix. In the meantime, thank you for tuning into the brink. It's been a lot of fun as per usual, and until we next speak again, keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. The big thing for Hobart, and you've got people in, in, in Alice Springs going, "Oh, gee, guess what? It was only 39 yesterday. <laughs> They're going 40, bro. We've got the heater on." Birds are swans, man. Oh, and, uh, all right then. Oh, nice. Case is not really a, a footy. <laughs> Yeah, sort of a... We can't really hold that too much over, bro. We can't say anything no, about no. Sydney kind of have a bit of an upper level. Have oh. you heard of GWS? <laughs> <laughs> this is our interview with George Bailey. George, great win tonight. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, boys, we're, we're great. Very, very good. Oh, yes, we're very happy to win the match. Oh, yes, all oh, love it. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, George. That doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> no, you can't. No, 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 no. Or I, I try to give it my anuism. Well, that, that's better. That's better. I like that. What would happen if uh, the Asian person got meaningless English words tattooed on their arm? <laughs> so, like, YOLO. Anyway. No, so there was some, there was some Asian... It's going to be like, yeah. <laughs> no. No? That's going to be a problem for me. I know pig Latin. Well, not really, but I, I've learned it. Everyone was like, oh, there's Reggie, there's Reggie, there's Reggie. And now I'm running Gabby's two heaps about him. Wow, there you go. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past you then to, to win it for a second time. Yeah, it'd be awful. Hello, Ben. Nice to be on the brink, and I'm watching you, don't I? And I'm listening very carefully to how you conduct this interview. Did you notice I kind of wrote out some questions properly and uh, I've organised everything, you know, to the, to the exact moment right now because, it, as you know, it's a bit nerve-wracking when you've got to interview your boss on your own show. Uh, you, well, I don't see it that way. Uh, <laughs> but then again, I'm not interviewing my boss on my show, so I can probably relate to you a little bit. Here. Well, it's got to be Edgardo. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and the gingerbread man, dare I say, his leaf. Uh, <laughs> At least Lord Farquhar. The coach is the dragon. <laughs> so I went I went back in time, alright? <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> you do. Just, <laughs> just, just a usual day for you. Don't ask. Don't ask me. DeLorean. Don't ask me how I can do that, but I can. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing Sam Newman, Miley Cyrus. Yes, twerking, twerking up against Sticky. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You just destroyed that that, uh, that complete image. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm going to all your listeners. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> how long has it been since you've been on the show, Kevin? 1982. Well, then there you go. And just my tweet, yes. 140 characters or less, someone will like voice it. Hopefully that will be joking. Mm. Anyway. 421,000 views. Really? On YouTube. Last time I checked it was Wow. Everybody know Mickey Lauda. I have a new movie coming on. You hear that? A movie. I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an honor, honestly. Hello, Ben. <laughs> You just missed another interesting segment? Yes, so she was, um... Oh, you had some interesting things to say. Fair things, I think. I don't know how to use my phone. It just seems not to be working. Oh, it's like, turn it on. That'll be a good start. <laughs> Put credit in the damn thing. They actually Stupid speak mom. to your customers as you, as you go along. This is, this is me when I go out the back of the store. <laughs> Just be happy you've got rid of your 63 kilogram testicles! Oh. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't care if it was the size of a pea, as long as oh. I could see it! Oh. Golly. <laughs> Hands off this one, Ben. Whoa. Oh. Like who, Ben? Like who? I'm not touching that one. That's a <laughs> That's an uncensored adult edition of Survivor Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I think you'd have to say Richie would be top of the queue. Uh, made him the most impersonated man in the country, really. Mm-hmm. Men, women, children, and even little fairy animals have a go at doing with cheese. <laughs> you can change sex and become a man as well. Yes. yes. And just I don't know, and go and find Cornelia Francis and t- tell her <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say punch her in the face, but probably a bit too far. Usually, well, most of the people they didn't have proper tickets uh, hanging uh, around them, so uh, it was pretty easy going. <laughs> and now, if you go to a farm paddock, it's uh, like a prison to get in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if, if he could get his afro in the door. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling he's going to go? Oh, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a knack for pulling a bit of stuff out of his bum sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, because I, when I left home, it was actually, like, proper raining. Mm. Then I got sun in Sandy in, in Lower Sandy Pay, and then by the time I got to uni, it was back to misty, foggy rain. <laughs> Hobart. So, yeah, Hobart. Hashtag Hobart, <laughs> perhaps. She was like, you know the, the flavour kids always get? It's called, like, bubble gum or whatever. Bubble I build. Rainbow? Like, rainbow, whatever. It's, like, all colours mixed into one. It's oh, like rainbow's that. so good. I love rainbow. Alright, just talk over me, I don't care. Jared's getting pissed. He's so snappy. Always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure coming, Ben. You're always smiling and you never ask those tough questions, apart from the, the toilet paper questions. You know, Pat himself said that when he got here, I was the first face that he noticed purely because of the hair, so I guess it's, uh, it's a nice thing to be recognised by, yeah. No, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting for the call now, maybe for the new baby to uh, to get you there to serenade. Yeah, for the christening. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that I'll be there first on the on yeah, the list. Don't doubt it. You've heard it first here on the brink. Oh, I think you're a good journo. I mean, that's, that's the scoop. That is the scoop. Yes, it's all down to me. Yes. <laughs> 
you know, without having to think about it for 35 seconds in case he upsets this sponsor or that sponsor or, or whatever, you know, I mean, just say what you think. Horse paper. <laughs> or needs a shave. Uh, now, <laughs> don't know about that one. So, oh, good, good. They're yes. going to be really motivating. <laughs> Very much so. Would you rather spend eight hours in a prison or 39 days? In eight a hours in a prison. I mean, do I get a chance at a million dollars? Well, I was going to ask, did you make alliances when you're in the cell there? I feel like know? I did, yeah. I mean, I don't know how to get in touch with them, but I feel like I walked away with some really good friends. As I have said 399 times before this morning, keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Keep sucking those oranges. 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 And good night.